a lot of people who preach on freedom. But Jesus gives us this incredible teaching, and he actually uses the word freedom, how to be set free. So we're going we're gonna to read a long passage from um, direct teaching that Jesus had for new disciples that were coming in and a word to those who were scoffing. And one of the things that's interesting when you study what was going on then, in Jesus' ministry, a lot of people came and a lot of people left. What does that sound like? Church today! <laughs> so whenever Jesus fashions a message, he is speaking on a couple of levels. He's speaking to all those who are scoffers, all those who have gotten disillusioned, who thought he was that he came for some other reason than he came for. And he was also speaking to new believers. And when it comes to new believers, uh, I've been in the faith for quite a while. I, I used to work, well, have you ever had the lunchroom, you know, either when you go to school or, or you have a place of work where the lunch table is like this eight-foot-long table? And, you know, one person sits there. Now, t today's standard, one person sits at the table, you don't go up because, you know, could I sit here? I've had to do that at McDonald's. Now, aren't you glad that you weren't sitting at that table by yourself? Now, you get your tray, you come out, and you go, there's one person at every table. What do you do? I said, excuse me, can I have a seat right here? I think people are like, mm, sure, sure, sure. You know, they're just totally, you know, you're not supposed to talk to people, you know, at places like that. But back in the day, you know, 40 years ago, ooh, more than that, the lunch tables at, at school or at work, you know, there's one person at a table that seats eight people. So you go up there, excuse me, it's, you know, and, and this was my evangelism style. Be glad that you didn't know me back then. I'd come up, you know, and I, I felt the burden to win people to the Lord. So I'd go up, excuse me, is this seat saved? And they go, oh, no. I go, how about you? <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Uh, I was doing what, as best I could do at the time. You know, God didn't go, oh, I hope he didn't go, oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's my boy. Yeah. Uh, you know. We did, and I would do whatever I could do, because you always push, you know, win people to the Lord, win people to the Lord. Do you love them? Do you, if you don't win them to the Lord, you're just saying, I go to hell. And I'm like, oh, I got to win them to the Lord. And so we would try every trick. You know, we did the surveys. Who did surveys? Yeah. One other person, one other person that saved in the room. Um, <laughs> and you know, people, just because they want to get out of the conversation and going, yes, I believe I accept Jesus Christ. You know, and you know what? I don't know if they got saved. You know, if, you, if I were to, uh, honestly, assume, if they just said they believe in Jesus, are they saved? I can honestly tell you, I have no idea. I don't. But Jesus gives a teaching that says, when it comes to believing, when it comes to, to faith, to being free, he gives us an example that's excellent. It's what excellence is whenever he teaches. So let's take a look at what Jesus has to say about being free. My goodness. So it's in Romans chapter 8. 
starting with verse 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Well, Jesus replies, truly, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sinned is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in a family, but a son belongs to it forever. So, if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Oh, he's making a huge point right here. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you are Abraham's children, Jesus said, then you would do what Abraham did. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I've heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your father. They protested. <laughs> we are not illegitimate children. The only father we have, they upped the game. See, first they were whose? Abraham's. Well, <laughs> now they've upped the game. Have you ever noticed that about when someone who's trying to prove that they're not wrong? They always up the game. Okay, you didn't buy the Abraham thing? We're God's children. You know, it didn't throw Jesus at all. These guys are all upset. And I always like that. You know, if someone's arguing with you, if you have the truth, you don't have to get upset. Persons, you know, they stomp harder. They get louder. They get angrier. They change their argument to, I'm God's. Like, oh man, that right there tells you they don't have a truth other than their truth. Their truth is based on how they're feeling, on the consensus in the room, instead of the absolute truth. I want that. Do you know what? I call that freedom right there. You can see that Jesus was confident. And that confidence comes from experiencing and knowing the truth, not your truth. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I have come from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, 
Why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. And this is it. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. There's so much in his teaching, and I'm just kind of I'm just kind of walk in and out of it to, to discuss the things that Jesus just said because there is so much in this teaching that Jesus points out here that here's who his disciples are. And here's who his disciples are not. It is those, the true disciples, comes under the conditions, can you remain in my word? Do you receive my word? You see, he's talking about, listen, the devil is lies, and the reason you can't hear me is because that's who your father is. If that wasn't your father, see, there's a connection He's calling the devil their father for a certain reason, which we'll see. He said, here's the difference. The condition is to remain or stay in my word. Now, let me just caution you. I'm not saying that, because a lot of people can get legalistic here. Jesus is getting closer to his crucifixion. And since the beginning of his teaching, he had people who joined him because they liked, they thought he was standing against, uh, you know, against the Romans you know, who were occupying the land. And some of them joined him for that. And then as his teaching went on, a lot of people left, even if you remember when he fed the 5,000. Wasn't that an amazing story? Did you continue to read and see what happened the next day? He sent them all away because they just wanted more food. He goes, you missed it. Go away. The disciples themselves, guess what? They all left him when he was being beaten and crucified. But something changed. He said the condition to finding this freedom, if you want to be my disciple, it's all about remaining, holding to what I have to say. So there's a difference between a profession of your faith and possessing of faith. Now, even when we say, oh, I believe this, I believe that. But the, Jesus is saying, okay, yeah, there's one thing about saying it, but there's another thing about holding it. You must possess what you profess. You have to possess it. Because if not, it's because, oh, those are just words. Do you know somebody who's just full of words? How about your husband, your, you know, your children? When they go, oh, I didn't mean to do it. I'll, I'll never do it again. How many times have we heard that? And what do we want out of our children? We want to see the attempt of them trying to possess what they're professing. And Jesus is saying the same thing. It's not that you're going to walk to it perfectly, but he says, take hold of it. You know, things slip out of my grasp, and if they do, I reach and grab them again. If you're walking your child through the parking lot and they slip out of your grasp, you're going, oh, lost that one. What, what do you do? <laughs> you know, hey, we'll make another one in nine months. You know, no, you reach out and you grab it again. And so it's the same with our faith. It slips out. You're not perfect. But it doesn't say you must do and every word of it. No, it says hold it. 
if it slips out of your hand, grab it again. There's a funny little clip from a show years ago that kind of says the same thing. Can I help you? Name, please. Uh, Seinfeld, uh, you made a reservation for a midsize, and she's a small. <laughs> I'm kidding around, of course. Yes. Um, okay, let's see here. 66 years old? Yeah, well, he's in perfect health. He works out. He's vibrant. You'd really like him. Why do people always say that? I hate everybody. Why would I like him? So what do you think? Could you go out with a 66-year-old woman? Well, I'll tell you. She would have to be really vibrant. <laughs> so vibrant, she'd be spinning. Oh, I'm sorry. We have no midsize available at the moment. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservations. I know why we have reservations. I don't think you do. <laughs> if you did, I'd have a car. So you know how to take the reservation, you just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation, the holding. Anybody can just take them. Let me uh, speak with my supervisor. Anybody can just profess it. It's about holding it. Holding it. It doesn't say keeping it absolute pure. It says hold it. It's in this thing, it says, there's no reservation made at all if it's not in your heart. The Bible says that you profess with your mouth and you hold it right here. You see, if you fall short of that profession, it's in your heart and you return to it. That's the wonderful thing about what Jesus did is that we can repent. That if I, I am, I'm holding something in my heart that even if I walk away from it, it's in there and you return. And the Lord has made provisions for that. It's that keeping power. If you hold my teaching, if you hold to my teaching, and listen, don't get in a legalistic thing. You know, it's like people said, oh, if I, if I like I did 45 years ago, like, if I didn't witness today, I'm not in the, I'm not in the kingdom. No, <laughs> that, that was kind of the legalism that we walked in. If I didn't pray today, I'm not in the faith. If I miss church, I'm not in the faith. If I said a curse word, oh, you know, it says, I'm in the kingdom. I'm out of the kingdom. I'm in the kingdom. Listen, I'm not in the kingdom because of the works of Pastor Mark. I'm in the kingdom of God because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That's it. And it, that legalism not only traps people, but it also rejects people. I can't live up to that standard. What? The standard of recognizing and holding in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins. That you could be made whole. And there's a process that we're going to see. It says, if you hold to my teaching, put them into your heart. Because if it's in your heart, I'm not going to let go. We put things in our heart that are wrong and people can't let go of it. 
if you hold to my teaching, you will know you're my disciple. Just if by faith, not because you know it to be absolute truth, just by faith because it made sense to you, you felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit when you heard the word of God, when you saw, you know, the son of God being raised up on the cross that he died for your sin. If something sparks in your heart, you're going, you know what? I'm going to hold to that teaching. And because you, there comes a sacrifice to hold to something because you might reject your family. You, you might say something your flesh doesn't want to say like you profess that you're a Christian. You're holding to something, a standard by faith. Because you really don't know if it's true. I'm believing it's true. But faith is taking hold of something that you really don't see. You become a disciple by that faith. But once you become a disciple, Jesus says, look, here's what happens. Then you will know the truth. Why? Because you, by faith, have accepted the teaching of Jesus you become his disciple, then as his disciple, walking in that faith, boom, all of a sudden, you know, you've denied your flesh this, or you've said this, you've done this, you've invested in that, you've withheld that. By what you believe Jesus' teaching gives you, then you find out it's truth. It's true. It's true. But it started with faith. Holding it. Then you find out it's true. And then Jesus goes, takes it. Once you find out that through your faith, your discipline, that you're a disciple, you find out that it's true, then you move to this. You will be set free. You see, people want to be set free in the beginning. No, no, this is the process. Through faith, exercising, believing something I don't see to be true, then you find out it's true, and then when you go, it really is true. That thing that's been holding you lets you go. Let me walk in and out of this. If I trip off over this rug, come pick me up. <laughs> Let me walk over here. There, how do I say this? If, you, if you're in prison, because some of us are in prison, I would say probably somewhere in our life, all of us are in prison. A fear of something, uh, an addiction to something, needing the acceptance of someone. Uh, th th there's, there's bondages that we're to overcome. And in this life, we're in this flesh. And it's always given to sin. The Bible tells us that. But if you were in a physical prison and you escaped, and you, you, I mean, you go anywhere you want to, you've escaped from prison, you, you no longer are, are in this, you know, eight by eight box, you are free. You're out there. Are you free from San Quentin? Yes, the word is yes. All right. Are you free from that eight by eight box? Yes. Are you truly free? No, because you're always, did someone recognize me? Because you escaped, but you're not truly free.
There are some people who overcome bondages. And if it's whatever bondage, you know, alcohol, cocaine, and it's like, I'm set free from this. But guess what they're always doing? They're looking over their shoulder to see if they've allowed something into their life that's going to grab them again. So there's people who've overcome bondages, but Jesus is saying, listen, when you find out that you're free because of my word, guess what? You, and you find out it's the truth, man, you don't have to look over your shoulder. You just have to remain in my word. No matter what happens to you, if you remain in my word, no one can take captive what I have set free. So here's what I'm trying to say. It's like, do you have to set a, a bunch of rules to be this? No, you have to hold it in your heart. Here's the other is that, that I, you know, you can't lose this. You can't curse this freedom away. You can't drink it away. You can't coke it away. You can't sex it away. You can't nightclub it away. Because if you truly put this thing in your heart... You not only have his word in your heart, but you've got his hook in your lip. I don't know about, for those of you who walk perfect, just give me a few minutes to talk to the rest of us. Doesn't matter what you do, you got that hook. If it's authentic, if that thing that you put in your heart was authentic and you listen to your heart. Now I know there's people who deny what has been spoken in their heart. But if that decision you made to hold to his truth, if you got past just the faith part, because your faith can fail you, if you don't stick with your faith to know that you're a disciple and get to that place where you go, his word is the truth, not someone's truth. It is the truth. You have a hook in your lip that's going to pull you back. And if you're here today, and if you've either been trying to walk this legalistic thing that I'm in the church, I'm out of the church, I'm in the faith, I'm out of the faith, or this, you've, you've got some oppressions in your life that you're still walking in. And it makes you pull away from God. Let me tell you, there's a hook in your lip. If you're here today and you're on that side of it, I just want you to know the hook's in your lip. You're not getting away. You are not getting away. It's in your heart. You are a disciple. You are failing. You are failing yourself. As long as you return and say, Lord, I am yours. And you recognize your failures. That's the truth. Do you know what the, the, the Jews were doing? They were going, <clears throat> Jesus says, look, Abraham's not your father. Why? Because it's your what Abraham did is not in your heart. If it were in your heart, you would know that you're not his. He didn't condemn them. He just said, look, you've just got it all wrong in your head. He, be honest with yourself. You're not Abraham's father. You're the devil's. Devil, the devil's your father. That's just being true. Until you come to grips with the truth. And I'm here to tell you that no matter what bondages that has been attacking you and just tearing you down and telling you you're not a believer, you're here today, so I'm here to tell you there's a hook in your lip. And God's pulling you back. He's saying, I love you. You've placed me in your heart. You've placed my word in your heart. 
be that disciple to the place where you see that it is the truth. And then when you know that this is the truth, you can rely on that truth and truly be set free. You can admit to what bondages have you because you have the truth. And they update. He goes, no, we're God. Well, you belong to your father, the devil, and you carry out your father's desires. And I want you to know there's a, a, a connection here that Jesus makes. He goes, you know what? It's a desire in you. So you don't desire the things of Abraham. If you desired him, you would at least have something that looks like Abraham. You would hear my words. And you would know I'm telling you the truth. So it's a thing that's in your heart. Your flesh desires it. But we're talking about a heart issue. God equates who you are, your sonship. He goes, you're a son of the devil because of what you obey. What you desire. You're a son of the devil because you desire the things of the father that desires evil. That's the devil. In your heart, do you desire the things of God? I'm not saying if you're following them. I'm not saying how true you're walking to them. But I'm saying at this point in time, do you desire the things that you know of Jesus? That's your father. Become a disciple. By faith, walk in what you have faith for. To find out it's the truth. And when you go, gum, it really is true. That truth leads to freedom. Because if the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. It doesn't say if sobriety sets you free. It doesn't say, it says if the sun sets you free. You're free indeed, period. Done deal. Are you with me? Who's got a hook in their lip? Man. Wow. God wants us to be free today. God has his hook in us. Verse 44. He was a murderer from the beginning, holding out to the truth. You know people who cannot hear what you have to say about Jesus. Who's their father? There's no truth for those who are children of the devil. There's no truth in their father. There's no truth in them. If they can't hear you, you immediately, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us are, I was kind of born just conscious of right and wrong, and it was, you know, I wasn't ever really, wasn't a good thing in high school, let's just say. You know, all your friends want to do this, and I got this conscience of wrong. So even if I, when I did stuff with them, I always went, oh, I really couldn't enjoy every minute of my joyful sin. <laughs> but there's some people you talk, I thought everyone's that way, but there are people who don't. And they sound really convincing. They sound really convincing because there's no truth in them. Their father's the devil. 
Truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. A son, a daughter belongs to it forever. If your son or your daughter leaves the house and says, I'm done with you, much like the prodigal, give me what's mine, I'm out of here. And that's, that daughter and that son comes to their senses and they return home. Are they a part of the family? Yeah. So are you. So are you. What have you done that's telling you, leave? This doesn't work for you. I'm telling you, you're in the family. Just return. Just return. Forgive me of what I've done. Forgive me how I, I fell short. But I never let go of holding on in my heart. It's time for some of you to return. You might have been on, just on that cusp of going, it's not working for me. Oh yeah, it works for them, but it doesn't work for me. I've been captured by this. Let me tell you, the cross of Jesus Christ is bigger than whatever that thing is. Hold on. Hold on to the teaching. Know that you're a disciple because you're holding on. And that faith of that holding will become true. Be seen. We'll, we'll see it all. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. You have heard what the Lord has to say to us. You need to know your story. He said, if the sun be lifted up, when Jesus said, you know, he's telling him, if the sun be lifted up, you're going to be set free. Well, he was talking to people who hadn't, you know, he hadn't gone to the cross yet. He said, if, if you behold the sun being lifted up on the cross, you can be free. If you've accepted the work of Jesus on the cross. You can walk in freedom. But I do this. Now, let me tell you, that cross is pretty big. You're a disciple, so you're going to hold on to truth. It doesn't say you're, you've completed it all. I'm wrapped in flesh. This is the reason this flesh has to die. It has fallen. But in my heart, my spirit, is pure because of the cross. It's pure. Take hold of that. Hold it. And that holding is all the difference. That holding, it's, it's, it's an act of faith. You're not here because of what you have or haven't done. You're here because you're holding in your heart. And if you start that process, there's a day where you will not have to look over your shoulder. That you can go to the right or the left, back up, go forward. You are free to travel where you want to travel, to go where you want to go, to do what you want to do. Because you're not just free, you're free indeed. Some of us experience, you know, like, listen, when I came to the cross, I'm free. But you know what? Until that cross has worked through all those oppressions that, that have been placed in our lives, that we put in our lives, 
Until we're not, we're always dealing with discovering the truth of God in our life to be free indeed. Stand with me. I hope, I hope this encouraged. It's encouraging to me. With Pastor uh, Peter Horn and coming last week, I've had like a month to study this. And boy, this teaching was, I had one month's teaching and I got it down to this. That was the miracle. <laughs> but now's our chance for the miracle. Who's ready to lift up the cross that's higher then that has got a hold of you. Amen. That cross, Jesus has been raised up. said, whoever recognizes when the Son of Man is raised up, you're going to be free. And starts by faith. For those of you who've been, you know, just downtrodden because... You're living this legalistic life, and it's not working. You're not free. The Jews, they were arguing that they're free. We're Abraham's father. We're God's father. Do you know, we do the same thing when someone tells you, you know, you got something in your life that I think is controlling you. No, I don't. You know that, that guy you're dating? He's controlling. No, he's the most wonderful man ever. It's like, okay. We fight to protect that which is oppressing us. Why? Because you love it. Your flesh loves it. Set yourself free. Are they controlling? Yeah, they are. I got to get through this. Admit. Admit your oppression. Don't protect it. If you really believe Christ on the cross is enough, you're going to walk that out and you're going to be set free. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Stop protecting your oppression and start raising up the Son of Man. Start raising that up instead of protecting the other. You're a sinner and you've fallen short. But here's one thing we all can say. That I'm holding to his word. That I'm free. I'm holding it. That I'm going to be set free. I'm holding it. Amen. Father. There are many of us who've been protecting our oppressor, denying it. And every time we do it, we lower your son on the cross a little bit. For many of us today, Lord, we just ask for forgiveness and we raise your son back to its proper place our Savior 
that he died for our sins, that we can walk free. He died for the sins of what we've committed and what we're going to commit. Falling short. Father, I thank you that you are a holy God that loves us. We raise your son up, Father. And by faith, we become your disciples to discover your truth and that your truth is truth. That we are set free. And the people of God said, have a great day.